mean, that's a hell of a name. I wouldn't even try to pronounce that. <laughs> Vladimir, Vladimir Zelensky. Oh, is that how you said V O L O D Y M Y R is Vladimir? Vladimir Velinsky. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. I, that's, I'm just a uh, product of the New Jersey school system. I don't know what to tell you. No, that's too bad. <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? Oh, I'm doing just great. Yeah, in the great white north? I'm in the great white north. I'm in Toronto, eh? Oh. Um, I am on quarantine. This was day one. Yeah. Uh, thank God for Uber Eats. Did you have poutine? I have not had poutine yet. Oh. I had something with my, my burger called Stern Fries. Oh, what's that? They're French fries with uh, caramelized onions and like Big Mac sauce. Oh, okay. It was really disgusting, but really good. <laughs> okay. Well, as long as really you enjoyed good. it. Yes, yes. Uh, apparently today was, I think they call it family holiday, or as you and I know it, President's Day. Oh, okay. Uh, well, there you go. So like a bunch of stuff was closed today, like a lot of restaurants and malls and retail uh. and liquor stores and all that kind of stuff but it's not like you I mean, could go out anyway exactly <laughs> exactly and and every time i travel i wonder why the hell i do it <laughs> oh geez so it was i mean it it's was an easy flight from orlando i had an hour layover in atlanta so it was like an hour to atlanta and then an hour and a half to toronto okay and then it was almost three and a half hours in customs <laughs> oh wow Yes. Now, before I left, I had to have a negative PCR test uh-huh. within 72 hours. Um, so I got, I did one exactly 70, 72 hours out from when I was arriving. Okay. And then the next morning I did it again because, you know, I like sticking things up my nose. <laughs> Just in case something happened, like there was a blizzard or my flight got canceled or delayed or something, you know, I'd have another 12 hours to play with. Okay. So I had to show this test before I left the U.S. All right. So I'm like, okay, well, this is fine. And, you know, went through uh, TSA, no problems. Got to Atlanta, no problems. Got to Toronto. And they decided that everybody from America had to take another COVID test. Oh. And to take your COVID, another COVID test, you had to download their app and you had to register and you had it's all this bullshit. It's like, how many goddamn COVID apps do I need? Because I'm up to five, okay? And they all have the same information. It's like, I can see being, you know, if there was like one for the US, if there was one for Canada, okay, two tops. Right. But, oh my God, the process. And people just bitching and moaning about it. And, uh, 
some very interesting people working in healthcare up here in Toronto. Okay. <laughs> um, you know who Mo Howard is, right? Of the Three Stooges. Yeah. Hey, Mo. Okay, so there there are a lot of Asian people up here. <laughs> okay. There's one guy with the Mo haircut <laughs> who is also wearing a a face shield. Okay. So he had his 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 hair over the top of the shield. Okay. And he kind of looked like Frankenstein. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, do you not have mirrors? Nice. Um, yeah, it it was an ordeal. It was a freaking ordeal. I was in the I was on a plane for less than three hours, and I was in customs for over three hours. Jesus. And everybody's bitching and moaning, and this is government overreach. And it's like, okay, look. Jeez. Oh, anyway, but I'm here. I am. I'm in my my uh, my apartment. I have a lovely view of the uh, was it the CBC Tower? If you crane your neck, oh. looking out the window. <laughs> <laughs> little bit of snow on the ground apparently we're getting a major rain event tonight after midnight so looking forward to that oh what floor are you on fifth uh fifth oh fifth okay yeah i should be fine <laughs> in case it floods unless there's a tidal wave and then you know we're all screwed <laughs> i mean toronto's not where the um the trucker thing happened right no that was ottawa that was ottawa okay but there were rumors that they were going to head over to Toronto. Oh. But I guess they've like started like finding people and towing their their um their trucks and shit. Yeah, they were blocking traffic. They were like arresting like, people. Damn. Yeah. Like over two hundred people. Yeah. It's like hmm. Maybe we could have taken uh some advice from Canada <laughs> a year ago. Well, you know. Yeah. All good times. All good times. And uh, how long are you in quarantine for? Uh, I test Thursday morning and then I can work. Oh, okay. That's not too Unless bad. somehow I get COVID from, you know, my, my Uber Eats person. Well, I mean, the, the new variant is in Canada. So just you yes. know, watch yourself. Well, I'm not going anywhere. Well, I know. But like when you're out and about, you know, you don't. Oh, yeah. Well, bag. no, I wear the freaking mask and all that shit. Well, I know you do. <laughs> Not everybody's that smart, though. Yeah, well. <laughs> well, at least it's not. How how long were you quarantined in England for? Twelve that, days. Yeah, that was twelve days. This is this is nothing for you. Yeah, I know, right? Three days is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, and I won't have to go out in the major rain event tomorrow. So you know, that's right. another plus. And there you go. Yeah. But it's exciting. Exciting. <laughs> are you uh are you planning on like specifically trying different foods? Uh like, it, it, well I've had poutine before. Okay. So I mean I don't think there's anything else I would want to try. You're not gonna try like moose or deer or Oh god no. No. Ugh. No. Okay. <sighs> God wanted us to eat moose, he wouldn't have made Bullwinkle. <laughs> Matisse stew? No, no. No? No, 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 no. Okay. No. I'd go vegan first. 
<laughs> How about uh? Okay, so so the national food of Canada, according to Wikipedia, is poutine, Montreal style bagels, whatever the fuck that is, salmon jerky, pierogi, ketchup chips, Nova Scotian doner, doner, and the California oh, D-O-N-E-R? D-O-N-A-I-R. Oh, I have no idea. It is... Oh, wait. Where the fuck did that jump to? Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, no longer in there. Oh, man. Uh, it is a type of kebab, apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, Donner, D-O-N-E-R, is German for kebab. Okay. I guess they spell it differently in Canada. I guess so. It's that French influence. Don't you know? Don't you know? Body. A. 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 Hoser. <laughs> yeah. It's only a matter of time before we get taken to task for being uh, racially biased against the Canadians. <laughs> How about fiddlehead ferns? What about them? They're nice in the a- garden. Apparently, that's a big um, ingredient in a lot of dishes in Canada. Mmm. That's okay. How about cloudberries? They put those um, in pies. Yeah, they do. Apparently. App- apparently, you can get boiled fiddleheads, is according to Wikipedia. Oh, is that like boiled peanuts on the way to Florida, I Georgia? Guess. Hmm. Harp seal? Oh God, no! You can get flipper pie. Wait, is it is it like going to to Red Lobster? You pick the seal <laughs> you out pick of the, the seal, tank? and you beat it with a you beat it with a little bat. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that sounds like a great time. Yeah. Uh, no. Pork for pork, they make something called the farmer <laughs> the farmer sausage. Which part of the pork is it? <laughs> I don't is know. It the, is it the McRib? It just says farmer sausage. It's toes and anuses. Oh, lips and hooves. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, okay. Apparently, there's a new series called The Thing About Pam, starring Renee Zellweger. Yeah. Oh, I hope there's that's makeup they're showing her in because she looks awful. Well, I mean, ever since the where she got the squinty eye, yeah, the great, the great, like debate of whether or not like Renee Zellweger died in a car crack, a car wreck, and they like hired this person that kind of looked like her. Yep. So, what's the name of the show? Uh, the thing about Pam. Okay. Oh, it does say she's she's in. Okay. Did its makeup. Oh, okay. Based on the 2011 oh. murder of Betsy Feria. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I would hope that'd be makeup. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, okay. So the picture that pulls up on Google looks like she's in a prison jumpsuit with, um, like. Uh, um, what, what would I call those? Maxi pads stuck to her neck. 
<laughs> like, do you, do you see that picture? Uh, I do not. If you do think about Pam. Oh, yes, I do. And then go yep. to the images. Oh, of the real woman. Oh, is that the real woman? Is it on Rolling Stone? Uh, I, I just clicked images. It's from the Today Show. It's from today.com. Oh, there is, she's blonde hair. Yeah, jumpsuit next to a uh, measuring thing on the wall. Well, it's a picture. It's a picture of R- Renee Zellweger outside of the 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 makeup, and then I guess her in the makeup. But it looks like she's got maxi pads stuck to her neck. And I don't well, there's a why. there's a picture of the real woman that looks like she's got maxi pads stuck in her head. Oh, stuck on her neck. Oh, maybe that is really her. Maybe they were something was oozing. <laughs> you know, she was getting a little oozy, so they they quickly grabbed something. Maybe. Here, stick this on your neck. Mm. Oh, that's weird. I guess there's not a whole lot of call for Renee Zellweger in 2022, is there? Uh, well, she just did something else fairly recently. Did she? Oh, apparently she's playing the murderer. Yeah. Okay. Now I've caught up. <laughs> All right, I'm there. <laughs> okay. I guess she was on a Netflix series called What If in 2019. Oh, okay. Never heard of it. Nope. You're not a big Renee Zellweger fan? I'm not. I've never really... Chicago was it for you? No, it was way before that, man. I think (laughs) I could probably count on one hand how many movies I've actually seen her in. Yeah. And it's like Jerry Maguire and like Empire Records. Titanic. Was she in Titanic? No. Oh, (laughs) what's going to say, um, you know, those things like that I could actually say, Oh yeah, I've watched some Renee Zellweger stuff. Yeah. I've seen cold mountain. What is, what's the other, was she in the, 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 the diary thing? Bridget Jones's diary or whatever. Is that her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, she was one of those, those people that were supposed to be like these huge superstars and like, it just never really happened. I, I wouldn't mind being as big a failure as she is. Well, no, no. And that's, that's, you know, a lot of people say that a lot of people, I was reading something. Um, I think there was a Reddit thread a couple of weeks ago that was like, um, people who you thought were going to be huge that turned out to not really have a career. And it was people like, um, um, Taylor Lautner from the, um, the oh, Twilight the, movies yeah and one of them was like Sam Worthington and it was like no Sam Worthington mm. has had a really decent career yeah. he's just stuck like working with James Cameron on a bunch of Avatar sequels where you he doesn't get to make anything else right so you never see him and but like the dude's worth like 30 million dollars and it's like I'd, I'd like to be that kind of a failure for sure like the fail upwards like what the hell But yeah, not a not a huge Renee Zellweger fan. Can't no. really say no. All right. Nope. Did we talk about the Super Bowl? 
We didn't, because didn't we? Did we? I did think, we miss it? No, I think we, we did it was the day we, of. And yes. And then we never got to talk about it, right? We never got back to it. Okay. It wasn't really worth talking about. Well, <laughs> you don't. You didn't think that Fifty Cent hanging upside down at the halftime show was worth talking about? I have never been less interested in a Super Bowl. Okay, Whitey. I, uh, <laughs> no appreciation for like the the OGs of of hip hop. Uh, more power to them, but <laughs> I mean the thing that bugs me about the Super Bowl is okay, so you've got like a total of like fourteen minutes. Yeah, you've got to set this thing up. You've got to perform it. You've got to strike it and get back into the game. Right, and they had all of these little proscenium boxes <laughs> I mean is it basically we really don't give a fuck about the people in the stands no no it's all for the TV so then why don't we just pre-record the damn thing and then you don't have to screw the field up uh, see I don't know uh, it should just be like a a show like that of like we spent a week filming this and you know, there's close-ups and there's wide shots and we made sure it's yeah. perfect and nothing goes wrong, but yeah, it's, it's know. all about the live, the live performance during the Super Bowl. And, and Eminem was told, don't you dare take a knee? Well, What's... <laughs> so it depends on, on what article you read, I guess, because there's uh, some that say the NFL said, no way, don't do it. And he did it anyway, and now he's in yeah. trouble. And it's like, why would Eminem care what the NFL says? Like, right. is he really like Jones in the comeback to do another halftime show? And so then, like, other people said, no, they didn't tell him anything. That's just people making shit up. And so it didn't come off as anything other than he got down on one knee because Dr. Dre came out to do something from behind him. Right. And so if it was a protest, it didn't really have the impact. He was protesting Dr. Dre? Like, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's, it's, it's a weird thing. And the commercials weren't that great. I mean, they, they released Uh, most of the shit beforehand. Right. And it was just like, okay, whatever. Like, do I care about the keeping up with the Joneses one with Tommy Lee Jones looking miserable? No. I, I mean, I thought the first time, okay, that was kind of cute, but that's <laughs> the first time. I mean, I think the only thing that I saw worth anything probably was the Doctor Strange trailer. Yeah. Just because it was a look at the actual movie in a way that we hadn't seen before and, and kind of, you know, revealed some things that had been rumored that are probably actually going to happen in the movie. So, you know, I thought that was cool, but they were going to release that anyway. Yeah. You know, and that was, that was one of those things that I didn't even no had happened until afterwards where they were like all of a sudden it popped up online and I was like oh okay I guess there's a Doctor Strange trailer yeah but yeah it was kind of a non-event 
I mean, I guess if you were into either one of the teams, that's great, but I mean, it was a close game. It was, you know, it was kind of exciting. Yeah. There was some stuff in it where it was like, wow, okay, that's kind of cool. And then, you know, the Bengals totally choked at the end. Uh, whatever. Hmm. Yeah, whatever. You know, I'm not a real football fan, so I, I'm just watching basically with the sound off most of the time until the commercials come on. And I'm like, all right. Right. To hear the commercial. And then it's like, okay, that was shitty. And turn that back off. <laughs> you don't want to see the, the full movie of Schwarzenegger and Salma Hayek? No. No? No. Why not? Eh. No? No. Okay. I mean, Arnold's good at comedy and certain things. This was not one of them. Okay. I mean, and like Selma Hayek was a superhero in the Eternals and it was like, it wasn't, that wasn't an exciting movie. So why do I want to watch her like super powered here? Right. So. Yeah. They, and speaking of the Eternals, they just released that, the, the like assembled show on Disney plus about the making of the Eternals. Oh yeah. And I watched about five minutes of it. We were watching it. Uh, for dinner one night and I just turned to the wife and kid and was like is this as boring as I think it is and they were both <laughs> like yeah this is like the most boring assembled I've ever seen so we just turned it off oh wow like like the movie was boring and the making of was boring and it's like wow okay I, this is a movie that I will never watch again hmm. and of course the first 10 minutes of this thing is all Oh, this is a new direction for Marvel and this is the best thing Marvel's ever done and it's like, no, oh, I kind of like the old Marvel. Yeah. It's like, did you see the movie? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had to sit through it. I know you guys had to make it, so I'm sure that you knew some of this, but this is boring shit, man. Right. So, anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you by any chance get to watch Peacemaker yet? I haven't yet. Oh. I have it with me. I I've I have them on my laptop and I was going to start watching them today. Uh-huh. But the the cheap ass TV in my apartment here <laughs> has a DVI input. Oh, what the fuck, man? Not it's not even a smart TV. So it's like, all right, I can watch them on the laptop. But oh, I wasn't fucking Canadians, man. Yeah. All right. So next time we talk, we'll have to discuss Peacemaker. Yes. Because yes. they did the finale this week and there's something in it that will blow your mind. So I've heard. Yeah. I, I need to <laughs> to watch it before everything gets spoiled. I mean, the whole the whole series is really well done. Yeah. And it's it's got it's got really good comedy. It's got really dramatic turns in it. Mm-hmm. And it's got a cast that can carry it, which right. is kind of unheard of, like in superhero shows. It's either all tongue in cheek or it's all serious and you can't ever really combine them. And James Gunn has found a way to combine them all with a dude that you didn't think would be a good actor who is a really good actor. Um, and so you get this you get this show that's unlike anything 
that you're ever going to see superhero wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's one of those examples that like when DC and Warner brothers will let a, a director actually create their own vision and not interfere. Okay. What that can turn into. And like, there's talk now of like, once James Gunn is done with Marvel, like DC wants him to be involved with everything mm. and kind of like guide them kind of like Faggy guides Marvel. Okay. And so like, I can totally see that happening. I can totally see him like revolutionizing what the DC extended universe is, especially with like flashpoint coming and them able to like go back and like just change everything. Right. You know, I think that'd probably be good for him. Especially if they're not going to follow like what they had set out to do originally. Hmm. So yeah, um, I think you're really going to like it. Okay. Did, be my my homework for the week. Did Did you see the Suicide Squad? the The movie that it's based off of. No, I no. saw the first Suicide Squad. I didn't see okay. the second one with Polka Dot Man. Yeah. I mean, if you if you can, if you have like access to HBO Max or whatever, uh huh. Um, watch, watch that. Um, because it will, it will set you up for what the the show was going to be like. Okay. Um, and then you know, bang out the peacemaker stuff. <laughs> okay. Or whatever, you know, whatever you think's best. All right. <laughs> I'll take it under advisement. <laughs> okay. You're not a big fan of Polka Dot Man? I, 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 I like the deep dives into the weird shit, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> couldn't have brought back Clock King. Well, you know, there's got to be something for the sequel. Eh, whatever. He can't do them all all at once. You can't? No. Says who? Well, I mean, if you want to come back and do more, I mean, why would you, you know, why would you ruin it? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what else did you watch this week? Uh, So I finally watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, what'd you think? I really loved it. It's really well done. It's yes. It's in in the wake of Ivan Reitman passing away. Yep. Um The the fact that Jason Reitman, who had fought the idea of ever doing a Ghostbusters film, making it basically this homage to his father and oh yeah the the two movies that came before it and incorporating the things that they did um, and the people that, that showed back up for it. I mean, it's, it's really well done. And like the ending, um, I, I had heard rumors. I don't, okay. We're going to spoil this because it's been out for a while now. I was going to say it's been out for a while. Yes. So, so at the end, Egon comes back in spectral form. Mm hmm. And I, I, I didn't know how I wanted to feel about it because 
I didn't want it to be like them going back and finding like dialogue to cut in for him to say and have it like awkward and disjointed and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think the idea and Jason Reitman said it in a, in an interview, there was nothing he could say that was going to be poignant enough for the moment. And so they don't have him say anything. Hmm. He just gives these looks. And apparently what they did was, um, it's an all digital version of Harold Ramis. Okay. And what they did was they created the character and put him in the first Ghostbusters film at the age that he was in 1984. Okay. Until you could not tell the two apart. Hmm. They put him in the scenes and like digitally took him out and said, which one is which. And when people couldn't figure out who was who, they then went and aged the digital character up using footage of him went like in his sixties and, and I think he died at 69. So like whatever footage they had up until his death, um, until he was old enough to where he could stand next to the other ghostbusters and look appropriate. Okay. So I think it was a really good job. I really think that like the digital version of the actor looked really good. And they had like a stand in on set that like was next to Phoebe and like touching her and helping her with the wand and like moving her hair and doing all the shit that like the, all the interactive stuff. And then they just Mm -hmm. put, they just changed out his head for the Harold Ramis head. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I thought the whole thing was really well done. I, I got to the end and I'm like, well, where the hell's Sigourney Weaver? <laughs> and, and, you know, if you're patient enough, she shows up. <laughs> she shows up. And it's weird because like, did you, did you watch the post credit scene as well? There's another scene after that. Yes. I thought I did. It's with Winston. Oh, maybe I didn't. Okay. Um, so, um, it's funny because they do the cast list. Um, and the last person on the list is Sigourney Weaver that gets a credit and you don't see her yet. And you're like, well, where the fuck was Sigourney Weaver? And as soon as her name disappears, it plays that mid scene with her and Peter. Right. And it was like, oh, okay, I gotcha. And then there's one at the end where Janine goes and visits, um, Winston at his company. And you see like he's made himself into this mogul and like he's got this giant company. And what you find out was like during the movie, Phoebe calls Ray and Ray talks about how they've lost the firehouse and it's now a Starbucks. And what you find out is that Winston bought the firehouse. And one of the last things you see is him bringing the Ecto-1 back into the firehouse. Mm, And then the scene cuts to the containment system downstairs and it starts flashing red. Okay. So, you know, if they want to set up a queued up right now. Okay. I have it queued up right now. Okay. So you, she's like holding the, the, the token that Ray gave her. Yep. 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 So, um, yeah, it's, it's, 
I know a lot of people are bashing it because it's a lot of fan service and it's a lot of nostalgia. So what the hell do you want? Do you want fan service or do you want something totally screwed up like the all-female version? Well, and that's what everybody is arguing about. Everybody is arguing about, like, look, you can either have fan service or you get the remake. And it's just not, you know, it's, you can't win. Like, like Jason Reitman made it specifically for his father. Oh yeah. And so, you know, they couldn't have had a better director make this film. No, no. And you know, whether you like Jason Reitman movies or not, um, this is definitely in that vein of like eighties, comedy action stuff that his father was known for. Right. So I really liked it. I really thought that like, if they want to move on with Phoebe and podcast and, um, I guess Trevor, I guess is, is the other brother. Um, okay. That was really good. Yeah. I, no, I had, I stopped watching it at the at the Columbia <laughs> things. I thought that was it. It's like yeah. you saw Sigourney Weaver. That was, that was the whole point of it. <laughs> um. So, yeah. I mean, I'd be totally I'd be totally on board with them. Like, because you hear you hear the thing of like, oh, they're gonna be kid Ghostbusters, and you're like, oh, okay, right. But it's so well done. Where like, even even like whether or not, and he's a he's a character that gets a lot of division but like podcast brings the necessary like comedic stuff to oh yeah to that movie i could see them totally bringing them back for another romp in like new york oh yeah the kid was hilarious yeah short round short round (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean i i i i really loved it i really loved it i mean Goofy Paul Rudd and everything. Well done. <laughs> I mean, he's he's just good in everything he does. Yeah, he is. He doesn't take himself too seriously. No, not at all. Not at all. And, like, he's happy to be there, and you can tell, like, he was a fan of the Ghostbusters, so getting getting to be possessed by the devil dogs and, right. you know, all that shit, it, he's just having a good time. Yep. I love yep. when when like they break him out of the the burnt dog or whatever at the end uh-huh. and he's like why am I bleeding? And she's <laughs> like well you headbutted a park bench. <laughs> and then he's like my hands hurt from galloping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely well done. Yeah. Completely well done. I watched the latest James Bond movie th- this weekend. Oh, you did? Yeah. Why? Because I'm kind I, I like James Bond movies. I kind of like them more when, you know, it was Sean Connery. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. But I've seen, I think I've seen them all, so I hadn't seen this one yet. And it's definitely the end of the Daniel Craig era, so. Now, was this the Rami Malek, Malek one? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. And he doesn't make a really great bad guy. Oh, okay. I mean, I hate to say what? that, but it wasn't wasn't like Freddie Mercury stroking a big cat. <laughs> no, 
No. No. And I mean, are you going to see it? Probably not. Probably not. No. You know what? I will. I will guarantee. I will not see it. <laughs> Just lay it all out there. Okay. So spoilers if you haven't seen it yet. But so they kill James Bond in this. Okay. It's. It was. I guess. I don't know if it was a request by Daniel Craig. But like, this is the end of this version of James Bond. He's he's hanging out with a chick in the beginning who is saved by Rami Malek as a child. And so he doesn't think that he can trust her. So he sends her away, but she happens to be pregnant. And then like eight years later, they reconnect and she's got a kid and it turns out to be James Bond's kid. And then Rami Malek kidnaps them as you do. And there's a chase in the woods to kidnap them again. And, uh, they wind up on an Island like every James Bond film. And, um, they, they're going to bomb the Island, but, um, James has to be there because he's been infected by this toxin that will kill the kid if he touches the kid. And so he sacrifices himself and the Island blows up and him and Remy Malik like throw each other in the water at some point And it's like, okay. I think James Bond works better in the sixties. Oh, definitely. And it's weird because like, that's like male chauvinist, like beating up women, James Bond. Sure. But I, I don't know. There's something about that version of him as, um, um, you know, like like James Bond being the that kind of guy, I think it just works better in the movies. Mm. And you know, they they've it's not like a continuation of the sixties movies. Like they've brought like Blofeld back and Spectre and all the stuff that they did right. in the sixties, so it's not really like breaking new ground. Right. It's just right. telling those stories in a different way. Yeah. So mm. I don't know. It was it was all yeah. right. No. Mm. Well, I, I keeping with my theme of going back and watching movies from from long, long time ago. <laughs> I rewatched Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, OK. Um, it's a really sad movie. <laughs> the the father who's lost his kids and will do anything to see them. And yeah. And his ex-wife is a bitch. <laughs> It's like, really? And, you know, they have that scene where she doesn't know that Mrs. Doubtfire is her ex-husband and she's telling him how the marriage fell apart and everything. And it's like, if you had had that fucking conversation <laughs> before you went to divorce court, no. you would have solved everything. Yeah. It's Sally Field, right? Plus yeah. the wife? Yeah. Yeah. Gidget. Gidget. And then she, she starts dating Pierce Brosnan, right? Yes. I haven't Stew. seen it in a long time, so. Stew. Sounds like a hearty soup. <laughs> yeah. I was, I, I was really, and some of it does not stand up. No. There's that whole, uh, scene in the restaurant towards the end where he gets discovered where, um, he's, you know, switching between Daniel and Mrs. Doubtfire on two different sides of the restaurant. And he goes to sit down with the station owner and he's like, are you wearing women's perfume? He's like, yeah, rubbed off. <laughs> what? A girl I used to date 
couldn't keep her hands off me. And he's like, oh, I've got the stretch. Does she have a friend for me? Huh? Huh? <laughs> it's like, oh, that's creepy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's very creepy. That was what the early nineties. Yeah. I mean, Robin Williams, genius, genius to go from the, the broad comedy of, you know, being a drag queen to being, you know, the father who basically has his life taken away from him. It's yeah. like, wow. I mean, he did a great job, but it's like, oh, this movie. Hmm. <laughs> I think it's kind of up there with Tootsie these days. It's like, <laughs> makes you a little cringy. Like, oh, so he's such a bad actor that he has to dress in drag. And then he gets subjected to all the things that he, he pretty much subjects women to. And, <laughs> And it's then like, a lesson oh, is learned. Okay. And then a lesson is learned. Lovely Jessica Lang. <laughs> yes. Uh, that was horrible. And then today yeah. I watched Batman Forever. We I was just showing that to my kid the other day. Were you? Yeah, she she had wanted we were flipping through movies and I don't remember if it was on Hulu or something. And so Okay, so this is going to sound a little weird. When I was a lot younger, um, my first, one of my first jobs out of college was I worked at Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey, and I worked on the Batman Forever stunt show. Okay. And apparently when I was younger and my hair was short, I resembled Chris O'Donnell. Okay. What I've been told. Okay. So I jokingly said, oh, I'm in that film. And she said, no, you're not. I said, well, no, not me, but somebody who looks just like me. So she wanted to watch the movie in order to see Chris O'Donnell. Okay. At which point when Chris O'Donnell came on screen, she went, ew, you do not look anything like him. (laughs) And I was like, in a good way or a bad way? And she was like, you just don't look like him. I was like that. You didn't answer my fucking question. So, so yeah, that's a weird movie too, man. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's, it's so close in tone to the Adam West series. Yeah. Well, it was at the performance, like, oh my God, like (laughs) Tommy Lee Jones, (laughs) where, where did he find that character? And the same thing with, with Jim Carrey too. Although Jim Carrey was playing the Grinch at that point. Right. Exactly. So it's like, okay, Jim Carrey's kind of being Jim Carrey, but it's like, I don't expect that from Tommy Lee Jones. No, and I think that's why he did it too. I think he yeah. he was stretching because he had never done anything like that before, and that was a direct result from Warner Brothers um, being pissed at um, uh, Tim Burton because the Penguin and Catwoman were so unsellable as toys. Right. That when they hired Joel Schumacher, they said, you need to make a a movie that we can sell toys from. And that's why mm-hmm. there's all the bright colors. And right. everybody there's that scene where um, Robin steals the Batmobile. Yes. And he winds up like in the blacklight section where everybody's got their face paint on. Where he almost gets mugged by En Vogue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah that scene yeah so so like that's a that's the direct result of that and so 
Yeah, it's it's the it's the era of the bat nipples and it's the era of we're going to show an ass in tight pants and like Joel Schumacher just like giving carte blanche to like do whatever th- he thought would make a good Batman film. And it's just batshit crazy. It's it, yeah, it's the wild characters. It's the st- the whole thing where they're underwater and they're paddling the goons yep. and he gets ejected from the bat submarine. Yep. It's like, okay, what, where's the can of bat, bat of a uh, shark, shark repellent? repellent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's, it, if you look at it, it's like, okay, so we're going to sell, we're going to sell toys of the Batmobile. And then later on in the movie, we're going to sell the Batwing and the Batboat. And yep. then the Batwing turns into Batsub, and we're going to sell a different toy for that, too. Mm-hmm. And you can just see, like, the Warner Brothers going, like, oh, this is going to make us a lot of money. Cha-ching, cha-ching, Who cares cha-ching. whether it, if, if it makes sense or not? Right, right. Because they don't care. They were just wanting to sell Happy Meals at that point. They did. They, and then they did, yeah. They did. And and then we got Arnold and... Um, yep, as a direct Ivy. result. Yep, yep. And that was another crazy casting. Schwarzenegger or? Yes. Yeah. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. But I love the scene when they're in the ice cream factory and Snow Miser's <laughs> oh, on the TV. And he's got, and the, he's like, he's got the big slippers sing. on. <laughs> yes. And the, the polar bear bathrobe. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <sighs> Classic. Yeah. Classic. Oh. Christian Bale, that could have been you. It could have been. Could have been, but you know they wanted to do something more, more uh, serious after. Yes, they did. <laughs> and then God knows what we're getting soon. Uh, sad and weird is what the is what Robert Pattinson said about it. Mm. So I don't know why you'd want to promote your movie that way, but you know, I guess we'll see if it does anything. Yeah. That's funny that you and I both watch Batman Forever. I know, right? <laughs> it's crazy. I think my favorite costume change in that though is at towards the end after you get the cheesy holy rusted metal Batman line from Robin. Yeah. They like Batman pops up through this hole in the floor <laughs> and you get Jim Carrey turned around in like this sparkly one yes onesie thing and his hair is kind of like up in a like uh-huh. a wing thing and it's like when did you have time to change <laughs> like you were just like shooting them out of the water and now like you're all like dolled up yeah it's a yeah it's it's a it's something else man i mean that that movie um had so many costume changes <laughs> it's like you know you see the comic books it's like okay so two-face has one costume yep <laughs> Nope, nope. He's got his ringmaster outfit. He's got his sparkly outfit. <laughs> yep. Uh, Crazy. Also had Drew Barrymore in it. And Debbie Mazar. And Debbie Mazar. Has, are they Leather and Lace? Is that the character names? I think so. I think so. it is. Yeah. And Drew Barrymore was hot. I was going to say Sugar and Spice, but I think it's Leather oh, and Lace. Oh, Sugar and Spice. That's what is it was. It? Was it? Yep. Okay. Yep. Sugar and Spice. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how like they approached everybody for that, but yeah, it's got quite the cast. 
Yeah, definitely. And you you said that you watched the the Kilmer um, documentary, right? Mm-hmm. In that documentary, he talks about like the Batman experience of like like I I figured out early on that the movie wasn't about Batman. It was about the villains. Right. And so I just stood there, couldn't hear, couldn't see, and just looked for, for visual cues when to say my lines. Right. And hope that I was on time. And like, when you look at it now, you're like, yeah, he's a little wooden in that, but I always thought he made the best Bruce Wayne. Okay. I, I liked his Bruce Wayne better than his Batman. Okay. As opposed to like, other Batman like I didn't like George Clooney at all no no I thought okay. Michael Keaton was a better Batman than a Bruce Wayne uh I would agree with that and you know I get I, I guess I guess um what's his name um god why did I just blank on his name Batman Begins Christian Bale Christian Bale I think Christian Bale did okay at both Okay. Um, I, I, we've always joked about the voice and like, right. Like, Oh, we're, we're going to be Batman now. It's like, all that's right. all of them. That's every Batman does that. Uh, not, not, not as serious, not, not as, as serious. Intense. Okay. And then when they got to Affleck, they did like the digital voice manipulation. Cause he was like, look, he's a billionaire yep. and he doesn't have to growl. Like he'd build something into the suit for that. And it's like, all right, I kind of appreciate that logic. Yeah. But uh, Batman Forever. That brings back memories, man. <laughs> I was working in the movie theater when that came out. Were you? Yeah. Talkies. Yeah. Wow. We'd always go in for the riddle me this, riddle me that mm-hmm. section. Who's afraid of the big black bat? It was a different era of movie making. It was so over the top. <laughs> so over the top. It was awesome. Yeah. Very awesome. Yeah, I don't. don't I don't know if we'll ever get back to that campy. No, you don't think it's going to net turn after this sad version that we're going to get. We're going to go back. Pendulum's going to swing back to the other side. I can see. And like injecting more humor because like Peacemaker is DC and it's it's funny, but I don't think we're ever gonna get fully back to the camp of of Batman and Robin and Forever and all that shit. Okay, I think we're stuck. I think we're stuck in the serious mode. Because I think any time they've ever tried to do something that was a little more camp, like Legends of Tomorrow, and yeah, and you know, it's kind of fallen flat with uh, with the broader audience, and not hit as well as that they were expecting it to. Mm. But I don't know. I mean, they got to do something. I mean, superhero stuff is getting a little stale. Uh, yeah. There's only so often you can you can start the teenage angst angle. <laughs> well, they're going to do Young Avengers for like total teenage angst. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, they are. 
Kevin Feige's just trying to keep a job. <laughs> yeah. Unlike apparently Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I blame Disney for that. Disney could have gotten rid of her. Disney, Disney could have looked at at the Mandalorian and been like, "Oh, this is like the future, right? We need to put those guys in charge." And instead, they went, "Oh, she kind of oversaw that," and it's like, mm, not really, yeah. So Disney signed her to another contract, and then it's like, okay, whatever. Uh, it's like, all right, let's let's make her fail really huge so we can get rid of the bitch. <laughs> I mean, if they didn't get rid of her after Rise of Skywalker, right? I don't know when they ever would. I think there's there's that weird name recognition that she's produced some really really great things, but right, she also worked with some really really talented people to do yes. it. Yes, you know, it's you know, she wasn't guiding Spielberg. Oh God, no! You know she wasn't giving suggestions to him. He was working it out, and she just kind of like got him whatever he needed. Right. She needs to do that here and not be as involved. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to do a bunch of more TV shows? Okay. I'll get you the money. And that's the end of her job. Yeah. There you go. Yep. You've got people in place who are doing a killer job. Don't screw it up. Yep. I mean, if she's going to get involved and she needs to like be like, hey, maybe you guys shouldn't do the Scooter Gang in Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> you know, Why that's, not? that's a little much. Or, you know, now that now that the fan base has turned against Star Wars again because the one mod guy spins before he fires his gun in that last yes. episode, it's like, OK, nobody hates Star Wars more than its fans. Mm hmm. You cannot make everyone happy. No. No. And I don't even think that I reacted to the spin, to be quite honest. I didn't either. I mean, I was like, really? That's what you guys are getting upset about? Like, I'd be more upset about, like, how far is is Boba's palace to Mos Eisley or Mos Espa? It's just around the corner. It must be because he wrote a rancor. Yes. Like from there to Mos Espa and like five minutes and he was back. Yeah. You don't think that he, he had the, the Rancor climb on board his new Nebu fighter and <laughs> parked it out of town he, he, so they can make a big entrance. He grips the Rancor by the by the neck and like like tucks in tight and then flies him over with a jetpack. Yes, there you go. So he like like the Rancor is just like flipping out because he's flying. Yes. And Boba's like, like Rancor whispering into his ear. It's all going to be okay. It's the Rancor Whisperer. Yes. It's a new TV show. <laughs> Starring Danny Trejo. Yes. Because you got to give him more work. Of course you do. <laughs> but yeah, you know, that's it. And then this week is the the first uh, media stays at the Galactic Star Cruiser. Oh, okay. Which apparently is where Luke and Leia spent their honeymoon. 
Luke and Leia. You mean Han and Leia? I, Han and Leia. Okay, that got, just got yes. re- weird really quick. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> incest cells. <laughs> well, didn't this in the early 80s? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so that's, is, is that like one of the things? Is that like one of the selling points? Uh, they've, they are releasing, I think it's a six episode comic. Oh God. And then there's a bunch of book tie-ins. And in one of the books, you find out that, that Han and Leia spent their honeymoon. Why do you think? At Disney World. (laughs) You've just beat the Galactic Empire. What are you doing? I'm going to Disney World. Disney World. Why do you think that Disney, in their infamous... In infinite wisdom feels like you can't just have an area that's themed to star Wars. Why does everything have to have a fucking story? Because people are trying to make their marks. See, this is the problem that I have is that, so they announced they they announced Galaxy's Edge and everybody mm-hmm. was like, "Cool, there's going to be a Millennium Falcon and there's going to be souvenirs and rides." And it's like, but it's all set within the sequel movies. Yes. And it's like, "Uh, okay. Why can't it just be Star Wars land? Why can't why cuz then they could change out all the stuff and like hey Mandalorian's huge now so here's Boba no, Fett No 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 this is my big vision Chris this is it this is how we're going to do this okay So what we're going to do is create a ever changing landscape of the Star Wars universe that puts you down into a moment in time for you to experience uh, Okay and then the budget gets cut <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but apparently so. I guess I don't know if they started today, um, but by Friday, the bloggers are allowed to post their reviews. Oh, God. But I'm sure they're all going to be fabulous. It's when the $6,000 dummies who've paid to go after March 1st starts posting their reviews that you got to watch. So do you think the bloggers had to pay to be there, or do you think Disney like brought them in? No, but they're threatened within an inch of their lives to, that, you know, if you, you need to post positive things and if you don't, then um, you're never getting your credential. Again. Yes. You know, Tim Tracker. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. But that's what it is. Uh, and yet Tim Tracker still fucking will spend his own money to go to Hawaii to the Disney resort there and make yeah. free fucking um free free advertising for them i guess hoping to get back into their good graces and it's like dude just well no stop. he just puts that disney tag on everything and and he's making money so well i mean that's what it's all about they're not doing a service to anybody they're not helping you plan your vacation and tell you what you should and shouldn't spend money on well they kind of do well Yes. You know, it, it's, we used to, but that's how they get the clicks. It's all about the clicks. <laughs> well, we used to watch, we used to watch Tim tracker mm-hmm. in this house and we stopped because they went from honestly being like, look, that's a $64 um, sweatshirt. 
Yep. That's got Disney written on it. That's a lot of money for a sweatshirt. And they would say shit like that. And then all of a sudden it became like, that's only $64. I'm going to get like two of them. Right. And it was like, wait, what happened to the people that would actually like give you an honest opinion? And then it's like, oh, they're trying to make some money now. Well, I mean, have you looked at the crop of, of Disney bloggers? Some, I mean, I mean, there's that weird guy who goes to the antiques mall all the time. Paging Mr. Morrow. Paging Mr. Morrow. Hi friends. Today we're (laughs) at one of my favorite places to shop. And he sounds, he sounds like Eeyore. He does. Hey guys. Thanks for noticing. (laughs) You know, I mean, and there's a bunch of them who like are all friends. Like they're all on each other's things. And I found out that some of them are like, like Disney vacation club members, like give them their points for free stays and they send them stuff. And Oh, it's, it's lucrative. <laughs> it's lucrative. Until you but fuck you've it gotta, up. Well, but you've got to, you know, be all, Oh, this is so wonderful. This is so magical. I just love all this. It's just exciting. It's my, the best day of my life. And <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, you know. Well, I'll be interested to see what the actual reviews are. as If if anybody's willing to step out and give an honest, an yes. honest review of like, yep. you know, we stayed there and, and, you know, it was cool, but I'm, I wouldn't pay six grand for this. Right. You know. Right. I, I don't know. It's. It's a weird thing. It's it's cutting off that. It's cutting off. It's cutting off, a bunch of people that would really appreciate it by outpricing it. Mm-hmm. And that's just sad, man. Well, I mean, if you look at any of the the bloggers who are are you know trying to spoil everything, it's like you know Disney had an opportunity to make something really amazing for a bunch of people who would appreciate it. Yep. And instead they created something that rich people who think star Wars is neat are going to enjoy. Yep. But I mean, more so than that, you, you can live in a Disney community now, Chris. Well, couldn't you always, I mean, wasn't celebration. Well, celebration was, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, it was a total failure and Disney sold it within like a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they have golden Oak. The fuck is golden Oak? Golden Oak was built on one of the golf courses at Disney world. <laughs> and that is where you can buy an $8 million house. $8 million. Yep. It's a gated community. Yeah. And it's completely full of Disney fied McMansions. So, for that $8 million, do I get, like, access to the parks? Yes. Okay. For your household. Okay. Um, but now what they're going to do is they're going to take that model <laughs> and they're going to put planned communities all around the country. Oh, God. And it's being called Story Living. Oh, no. Yes. Really? Yep. <sighs> And some of them are like over 55 communities. <laughs> it's like, okay. Do you, do you... And I know they are not going to live up to their own hype because they have failed to do that on so many levels. Galaxy's Edge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but it's a, like a planned community with very Disney-fied elements to it. There's like they're a big man-made lake that you can buy a day pass for. Because, you know, I'm paying $8 million for a house, but I want this jackass from Des Moines to bring his bratty kids for the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of them, uh, they talk about there's like a community center. And it's, you know, that's where you can take art classes and you can you can meet your friends. And it's like, mm, no, you're you don't get it people you don't get it okay so according to the the golden oak website mm -hmm. the the member services for living there uh enjoy concierge style service from your club member services team with a fee-based approach to assist with fulfilling select personal residential and resort requests some mm. include, but not limited to, Disney parks and special event tickets, private VIP door tours, dining reservations, spa reservations, golf tea times, in-home dinners and parties, yep. Disney-inspired holiday decor, and home maintenance services. So what does that mean? Goofy comes to fix your broken blender? <laughs> I mean, what is a Disney-themed maintenance <clears throat> service? I don't know. You know, there's Donald with a plunger because you had a couple of Big Macs last night and <laughs> clogged up the toilet. I mean, the houses look really nice. Of course they do. I, I will of say that. They do. But fucking eight million bucks, man. Yep. That's a lot. They're they're trying to create their own version of Utopia. <laughs> and so far they've been failing at it so let's you know let's do it even bigger jesus you know i mean instead of disney buying you know some of these old orange uh groves around here in florida and california and building affordable housing for their employees who are living in their cars right no we need 10 million dollar houses <laughs> because that's going to help our bottom line <laughs> so i guess whichever um, whichever um neighborhood you move into in Golden Oak is where like the size of the house that you're gonna get. Yes. So they have the cottages, which is between eighteen hundred and thirty eight hundred square feet. Yep. Of quote unquote air conditioned space. Then you have Symphony Grove which is 3,600 to 4,900 square feet. Silverbrook, which is 5,000 to 7,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. Marceline, which is 3,100 to 6,000 square feet. Yep. Kingswell, which is five to 7,000 square feet. Now we're still, okay, we're sticking with like three to five. Oh, and if you want to live in Carrollwood, it's 6,500 to 12,000 square feet. Well, that's that would be big enough for me. Who the I think I think that'd be great. A twelve thousand square foot home. Well, and the houses start at two million, <laughs> and like I said, they cap out at eight million. Jesus. But there's, uh, I guess, there's one that's currently on resale. Well, this was as of December, 
in the Capo Lavaro Four Seasons neighborhood that was just listed for over $16 million. Jesus Christ. And I've met people who have multiple houses there. How? Uh, How do you have multiple houses there? That's crazy. It's insane. You should have your bank account taken away from you. <laughs> <laughs> Pure and simple. I'm sorry. You don't know what to do with your fucking money? Guess what? We're going to take it from you. And you know what? We're going to buy computers for, like, the poorest schools in the town. Yeah. I mean... uh, Look, we've both lived in Orlando. We know what the traffic is like. We've been on Disney property. We know what the tourist shit is like on Disney property. Why mm-hmm. you would want to subject yourself to that full time. Yep. Is fucking crazy. But there are people who, there are people who do it not for their love of Disney, but because they can rub it in somebody else's face. Oh, and that's, what's wrong with the world. There you have it. This is why terrorists hate us. Yep. Good God. And fucking Disney just raised prices to the parks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then you're standing in line unless you want to pay the extra 20 bucks to get to cut the line. Right. What a Per money, ride. Yeah, per ride. What a money-making yep. fucking piece of shit that is. I don't get it, man. It's really not what, what Walt envisioned. Nope. But he's dead. Yeah, fuck him. So, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just his name now. That's it. We bought it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw that the park, the, the ticket prices were going up and it's fucking ridiculous now. Yep. It's, I think I priced it. If I was going to buy five day park hopper passes for me, the wife and the kid, mm-hmm. it was going to be close to three grand just for the tickets. Oh, that's not bad. Without even like where we, where we would stay. Like if we were going to like, you know, stay at a resort on property, like Mm -hmm. fucking 15 grand by the time it's all said and done for like five days. That's fucking ridiculous, man. Yeah. Yep. You're going to pay 25 bucks a day to park your car at the hotel that you're already paying a premium for. (laughs) I mean, granted, I would I would stay at like the cheapest place possible. Sure. Because it's only a bed. You're there for the fucking parks. If you're going to pay that much money to get into the parks, you don't go sit out by the fucking pool. Mm-hmm. You fucking get you get in line and you get on all the rides you want to get on. But like, oh man, I can't imagine. You can stay. You can save a hundred dollars per night if you book for five days at places like animal kingdom lodge. Well, yeah. At $300 a night. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy, man. I, I don't know how families do it. I really don't. And they're lining up. They are packed to capacity. Yep. Cause they were closed for all that time. Yeah, and then we have Bob Chapek saying it's the most profitable year we've had. It's like, you're just an asshole. 
all of these companies who are like laying people off and raising their prices and saying, yeah, you know, it's it's going to be more expensive to buy your groceries. And then they're posting billions of dollars in profits. Well, you know, when they when they up the prices of the food and then cut the, the portion amounts. Well, you know, I think all of our waistlines could benefit from that, Chris. <laughs> Uh, well then they need to stop letting people bring in food because I've seen people have picnics right and like they're not stopping that shit well did this was a couple of years ago but did you see the pictures of the family having a barbecue at downtown Disney yes yep <laughs> and they're like oh well they're Hasidic Jews and they don't know the outside world it's like oh bullshit they're at Disney World yep don't tell me they don't understand how the outside world works. They're just trying to save some money. Yeah. Don't blame them, but bring in a, a coal-fired hibachi <laughs> to make your hot dogs. I don't know. I mean, you just stop at the Jersey Mike's and you get some fucking subs to bring with you. Yep. Ah, Disney. Good times. Yes. All right. You got anything else for this week? Yeah, no, I think that's it. All right. Well, if you want to uh, get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. They always say the key to a solid marriage is laughter. <laughs> <laughs>